0: world of ever changing things the one thing that could help you out i'm going to give you a little bit of advice read your bible pray and i i i typically try not to use overly religious terms and when i say religious terms i'm not talking religious terms in sense of biblical religion i'm talking about man-made humanistic religious terms but you need to be in the presence of god if you are a believer because it's easy to get shaken up by things going on in the world to get your feelings all wrapped up and and wrapped around the axle and wound tight god is sovereign Read your Bible, spend some time praying, seek God's face. Anyway, you know how I do with my random intros. Genesis chapter 28. Let's get into this. So we got the setup from Rebecca to get Jacob up out of there before Esau kills him. And, you know, what? this is uh, this is what's funny. And, I, and this not something that I, I generally paid attention to reading through the Bible over the years, but as I'm slow walking through the book of Genesis, and I'll be honest, I've never studied through a book and gone this slow. I'm taking my time. I don't care if I look at one verse and then the next verse an hour later and just think on some things. I'm taking my time and I'm noticing things that I did not notice through the Bible the first time. And I know I keep saying that, but it's honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of shocking to me because I realize just how much I didn't see. Have you ever noticed how often in the Bible siblings have issues? Have you ever noticed how often siblings are at each other's throats, even going back to Cain and Abel. I I never paid attention to it, never even thought twice about it. But now that I'm kind of taking my time, I'm seeing, man, this this actually was a big issue. I don't know what the significance of that is exactly, but it's a big issue. And I wonder what what we can draw from that. I've not really thought about that in depth yet. This is just something I thought in passing as I was coming to these verses of scripture right here. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan arise, go to Pedanaram to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And clearly Rebekah got into the ear of Isaac and influenced this decision right here after she overheard what Esau said, and we saw that in the last chapter, if you listen to my last video, look, women have a big influence on men whether some men want, want to admit that or not. So this is what I would, I guess. I'm, I'm not in a place to give anyone any kind of relationship advice. I always say this. I couldn't even make my own marriage. Well, not that I could make anything work, but part of that blame, you know, it takes two, but part of that blame is on me while my marriage didn't work. So I can't, I'm no one to give advice, but biblical truth is biblical truth. And what I'm seeing is the influence. Another thing I'm seeing through the book of Genesis, the influence that a woman has on the man to whom she's espoused and yielding that kind of power, I would encourage women walk with God, pray for your man. If you're going to give him advice, be in your Bible, give him some, some biblical advice that's going to help him and encourage him to do something right. If, If there's any advice I could give, it would be that same way, same way for men. But the reason why this is particularly important, I believe is because I see the influence on great men, right? Great men of the faith that women have had reading through um these first 28 chapters of the bible um and god almighty verse 3 bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Another thing you always see to focus on this promise given to Abraham. And the biggest focus of this promise is that through Abraham and through his seed, should the whole world be blessed. And of course, we know that this seed is the Lord Jesus Christ. He came through the earthly lineage of Abraham. So this is this is the the the. This is the weight of the promise that God was giving to the seed of Abraham. This is what really matters in all of this. And it always takes me back to the verse. Where the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, instructed them, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, letting them know that you think you understand what's going on. You think you understand what brings eternal life. And this whole book is testifying of me and you're not even seeing it. It is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the supreme subject of this Bible that we hold so dear. Uh, Verse five lost my train of thought there and Isaac sent away Jacob and he went to Pedanaram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's um, mother. So that word right there or that place in verse five, Pedanaram, means field. Laban means White. Interesting. Bethuel means God destroys or man of God or dweller in God. Quite interesting. You can infer some things from those meanings. I'll let you run with that. (laughs) When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Pedanaram to take him a wife from thence. And that and that as he blessed him, he gave him charge, saying thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Now. uh, Esau is clearly trying his best to get back to this blessing. He's trying to do whatever he can to get to the blessing of God. And he's under the impression that doing some deed is going to get him there. And it's not because you're going to see as he sees the instruction that Isaac gives to Jacob about where to take a wife from You're going to see Esau's response. He's trying to gain favor with, with his father to get this blessing, uh, trying to gain favor with his father and thus gaining favor with God to get this blessing by doing what his father said. And that is not how this works. And we're going to see that, um, playing out the next verses. Um, and that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother, and was gone to Pedanaram, and Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau unto Ishmael, and took unto uh, unto the wives which he had um, and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaijad to be his wife. So I think that Esau was under the impression that this was somehow going to turn the tides and give him that blessing. And he didn't understand that this is not how this works. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Esau quite understood how he got in the predicament he was in. There was no, there was no true repentance. Now there was no way Esau was going to turn things around and somehow get this blessing. The blessing was already, uh, the blessing promised to Abraham was already passed from Isaac to Jacob but Esau could have still lived a good and great life before God and served God and did great things. If he had just focused on repenting of what he did and living his life accordingly, moving forward from that point. But he didn't do that. He's, he's trying to follow, follow Jacob and do what Jacob is doing, thinking that that's somehow going to turn the tides for him. It is not going to turn the tides. That blessing has already been passed. Esau has already made his mistakes, already sold his birthright for a morsel of meat. Um, the deception already happened. Uh, Jacob already got the blessing. He's going off to to get a wife and now Esau's trying to make up some ground. You lose a lot of ground when you don't listen to God. Trust me, I can attest to that for sure. Um let's see, where was I at? Ask his father, then went okay, verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted up upon and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took off the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep now this is (laughs) you know when you when you think that you have really roughed it and, and been out in the wilderness and done something, you read passages of scripture like this and you like this dude just took rocks and made a pillow. Yeah. (laughs) I have not roughed it. Not at all. Not even remotely close. And he dreamed and behold a ladder. Now this is quite similar to the latter scene in the book of Daniel. and this is also similar, and I believe this is a, sim, a similitude, uh, I believe that's the right word, what it's called, of what would come later on with the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the spirit descending like a dove, and the voice from heaven behold my son in whom I am well pleased. So anyway, Uh, And dreamed and behold, a ladder set up upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it and behold, the Lord God, uh, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south, and to thee, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and of course as i said before this is a a prophecy looking forward not just to the the seed in its entirety but the lord jesus christ coming through this earthly lineage so that is what that is referring to uh, let me see. I just started talking and lost my place. Um, I'll be blessed. Verse 15 And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Now imagine God saying this to you, I am going to fulfill exactly what I am telling you. I'm not going to leave you until this is done. You can guarantee that. Take it to the bank. Would you ever doubt? I would like to, I would like to say, I would like to be one of those people that say, no, I would never, if this happens, I would never doubt. I know me. I still would. There have been times where God has done amazing things, just worked out insane things in my life. And I turn around the next day and, you know, in some need, and I pray about something and I'm doubting, I want to be better about that. And it's definitely something that I have definitely prayed about because I don't want to doubt. I want to trust God. God has done enough in my life that there is no reason for me to doubt his faithfulness. That doesn't mean everything's going to work out. That doesn't mean things are always going to go my way. But yeah, he he tells, he tells Jacob, I'm going to do this thing. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave your side. This will be done. This is something worthy of trusting. Um, And Jacob now, you know what? <laughs> I wasn't going to say this. And that makes me think about a verse. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, because of the the truth contained in the verse is Numbers twenty three, nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken? and shall he not make it good? If God pronounces judgment, there's judgment. If God tells a person to trust and to rest, there's rest, period, point blank, bottom line. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said how dreadful is this place this is none other but the house of god and this is the gate of heaven interesting he calls that the gate of heaven the lord jesus christ said i am the way the truth and the life No man cometh unto the father, but by me. Interesting. Uh, Verse 18. And I know uh, for my for my my theologians out there and Bible scholars, there's many prophetic things contained throughout these passages of scripture that I didn't necessarily key on. It's not that I don't know those things are there and it's not that I, I miss those things. You know, I'm, call me, I don't know, naive. I I really want people to enjoy studying the Bible like I enjoy studying the Bible. And sometimes I go past certain things. I'm going to be honest with you, it's on purpose because I want, I literally, I want to try to encourage people, right? So if I go over something and you think, "Wait, there's more, there's more there," then after the video is my desire that you would go and say, "Well, let me look into that some more myself." So there are some things like glaring things and I know some of my my Bible scholars, people who've been around the Bible for a while, you wonder, "Why did he pass that? Why did he not cover this?" I want people to study. Maybe that never happens, but I just want people to enjoy God's word. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city was called at first Luz. So that word Bethel means house of God. And the word it was called Luz is almond tree. Fairly simple. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that um thou shalt give me I surely will give tenth unto thee so he is vowed that god does all this stuff the lord truly is my god and notice he didn't really he didn't really ask for riches now there's nothing wrong with being rich if you are a believer and you are rich but that is not what jacob asked for Jacob said, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat sustenance and raiment to put on clothes on my back so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Just give me something, some, some food, something to put on my back. Let me come back to my father's place. Then shall the Lord be my God. Interesting way he put that. I don't quite know what to make of that yet, but I'm uh, I got a, a mental note right there. I put a pen in that, and I'm gonna come back to that. And this stone which I've set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. He is vowed to serve God. And he has vowed that whatever God gives him, he's going to give a 10th to God some strong vows. We're going to see later on if Jacob actually keeps these vows. And I know this video was a little different, a little, a little slower. I kind of took a, a different approach today because again, I, I, I purposely went past certain things because I want to encourage everyone. I want to encourage everyone to read and study their Bibles. I'm trying to repay a favor. I'm trying to pay something forward. As you say, I've told y'all this story. I'm going to tell you again. There's a Christian rapper. His name is Bizzle. He said something. Last year, when uh, when the pandemic and the lockdowns and all of that started, now I was studying my Bible, but I wasn't I wasn't as devoted in my study as I am now. And when I say devoted in my study, I'll, I'll say this again. I'm not talking about mechanically, like reading, you know, chapters upon chapters and just endless reading. I'm talking about actually spending some time thinking about things in a Bible, thinking about what's said, even if I just read two or three verses, sometime I'll read 10 verses and I'll go back and forth thinking about why this happened or why this happened or why was this said this way and try to figure these things out. Legitimate, organic Bible study, seeking to see what the Bible says. But what Bizzle said is God has removed all distractions Bars are closed. Movie theaters are closed. Restaurants are closed. Churches are closed at the time they were. You can't really do anything. If you won't spend time with God and in his word now, you definitely won't do it when all this is over. And I'm be honest with you, when he said that it was almost as though God was talking directly to me using him that that really i'm thankful to god that really put a spark and a fire under me it re- it really did it really did like more than any message i've ever heard on bible study more than any message i've ever heard on the importance of spending time in in god's word more than any of those messages that those those short few sentences he said affected me more than all of that i've heard throughout the years I want to, I want to encourage, I want to do my best to encourage someone else in the same way, whatever I can do to encourage you to, to read and study your Bible, which again is why I took the tactic I, you, I, I took today. There's, there's a lot in these passages of scripture. And if you were listening, there's certain key points I got to where I could have spent another 20 minutes just there, but I want people to, to get in your word study I want you to be as excited about seeking truth and seeking what God's word says as I am right now. I feel like this year and it hasn't stopped I'm thankful to God and there look there are times where I I literally am tired I don't necessarily want to uh, go to my Bible. And this is why I've made my Bible study more organic. It's not about how many verses I read. It's not about how many chapters I read. It's about literally just going to God's word. Even if it's a question, somebody says something and I go, huh, I wonder what the Bible says about that. So I do a keyword search and just try to figure out what the Bible says, or like going through the book of Genesis, I'll stop at a verse. I'll be four verses into a chapter and just stop and be like, huh, why did he say that? And then I'll just go back and start doing some digging, small things, simple steps. But it's really, it has transformed my view of many things. And it is honestly, really and truly, and I'm not just saying this to, to, to say it, it has really, Help me to understand and know who God is. Do you know the God you serve? And if somebody would have asked me that, maybe 4 I'm, I take more than that, maybe 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I would absolutely I do. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't because I didn't spend enough time in the Bible to truly understand and know the God that I serve. So that's what I want to encourage you with. Know this God you serve. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.